5 tonight. Let's open your Bibles and turn there. This is where we were on Wednesday night, and I only got not quite even halfway through the message Wednesday night. I was thinking about finishing up this Wednesday night, uh, but I got a message from Joel Kirby, our missionary in South Africa, and uh, he's he happens to be in America. He's taking his daughter down to Pensacola and uh, traveling through. And so he asked if he could be here on Wednesday night. And uh, Joe Kirby's been a friend to our ministry for some time. And uh, we're very thankful for uh, what they do there in Johannesburg. And so he'll be with us this Wednesday evening uh, during our midweek service. And then following the service, uh, we'll have our congregational uh, budget meeting, business meeting. And uh, we're going to go over June and July and the finances, the report there. Uh, I've been traveling some, and so I'm a little behind in presenting that to you. And uh, so we'll go over that after the evening service on Wednesday night. But I will tell you that the finances are doing very strong, and I praise God for that. So thank you as a church. Uh, so we're in Psalm 105 this evening. And uh, for those of you that were in here, uh, I'm going to go over some things at the beginning of the service for those who were not. And uh, Lord willing, we're going to get to the end of this thing. And I'm going to try to get on through it and uh, have a little bit of time uh, for some uh, just praises to the Lord tonight. And uh, to tell you the truth, I just want I need to be encouraged a little bit tonight, okay? And uh, I would just like to hear some testimonies of how God is working in your life. And uh, I'd appreciate just you sharing that with us. All right? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, we're going to look at this psalm and we'll just read it as we get into the message tonight. Father, thank you for being who you are. You're a great God. And Lord, I don't want to look at you through American eyes and try to shape you into a God that is, makes me feel comfortable Lord, I want to recognize you for who you are, and I pray that you'll help me every day of my life, God, to, to show gratitude and thanksgiving, appreciation for all the wonderful things that you've chosen to do. And I pray, Lord, that we never take one day for granted, but that, Lord, we turn to you, and we trust in you, and we rely upon you, we're dependent upon you each day. And I pray, God, that you'd help us tonight, as the psalmist declares, to make known your wondrous works. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Psalm 105 and Psalm 106 are two psalms that are closely connected together. They are a pair. And uh, Dr. Graham Scrogie said this about them. They are both about God and Israel with the difference that Psalm 105 tells of how God treated Israel, and Psalm 106 tells of how Israel treated God. In the one, the Lord's grace is displayed, and in the other, we see the people's disgrace. And I want to focus on Psalm 105, just because I, as I mentioned to the crowd on Wednesday night, as an attempt to be encouraging, as we seek to highlight the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Psalm 105 is written for that purpose, but Psalm 106 is written as a warning from the past for the future. 
And in this particular psalm, Psalm 105, the writer opens up with an exhortation for us to praise the Lord. And so begin reading with me in verse number 1. He writes, O give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works, glory ye in his holy name, let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord, seek the Lord and his strength, seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O ye seed of Abraham, his servant, ye children of Jacob, he is chosen. And so he is, he is telling us to give thanks unto God, to find reasons to praise the Lord for his goodness. He, he mentions there that those who seek the Lord shall rejoice and we have every reason in the world to seek God. Amen? And I mentioned on Wednesday night, I wonder what it would look like if we came together for a worship service and people didn't worry about what everyone thought and didn't worry if we hit the note just right or if the timing was just perfect. But if we just laid all of that stuff aside and sang unto the Lord, I wonder what the worship service would look like. I'm going to tell you something, man. The choir... I don't know all of their hearts, but I know they ministered to me this morning. Amen? And I, and, I, and I heard, I'm sitting on the front, I don't get to see everyone in behind me, but I heard that it was moving upon a lot of people. Okay? And it just gave me chills thinking about the goodness of our wonderful God and the blood that he shed for our sins. And so he is charging us, give thanks unto the Lord. We ought to always be a people, Liz, that seeks to give thanks to God, all right? I, I, I've mentioned this many times. I fear that too often we are a griping, complaining people. We find fault. We find reasons why we can't. I was reading a, um, a very small booklet by David Platt, and it, it, was, it, had, it was connected with his book Radical, and the title of it was A Radical Question. And uh, would we... Would we, as a, as a church, a church in America, what would worship look like if everything that we had was taken away? What would it look like if there was no air conditioning, if the comforts were taken away? You sat in plastic chairs rather than cushion chairs. What would it look like? Would we be a griping people because the comforts are taken away? Or would that stuff even matter to us because we're just here to worship a great God? That's a great question. He says here he charges us to, to give thanks unto the Lord. And the reason that he gives in verses, uh, beginning in verse number 7 is that God always remembers his covenant. And of course he's writing here to the children of Israel. And so he begins in verse 7 saying, He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He hath remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac, and confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law 
and to Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying, Unto thee will I give the land of Canaan the lot of your inheritance. What we've learned in the book of Joshua is this. God keeps his word. Amen? He keeps covenant. All right? He had a covenant with Abraham. He says, I'm going to give you this land. He says, I'm going to bless your seed. I'm going to bless you with family, that there's going to be as many as the stars in heaven as the sand in the sea. And he says, I'm going to give you this land. And so for a long time it went as if God wasn't giving them the land. But God never forgets his covenant. He never forgets his word or his promise. And there are times in our life, Steve, that we think God's not listening God's not here, God's not present, God has forsaken us. I'm going to tell you something, Carrie, God is always present and able. Are you with me? I mean, in his word, if he says for us to ask anything according to his will, he hears us, that is a promise, Gil, that we can take to God when we pray. All right? So the Lord's promise is always there. I'm thankful tonight that my salvation is not based upon the word of man. Amen? Salvation is based upon the word and power of Almighty God. And God keeps his word with us. And that is the reason that we should give thanks and praise to an Almighty God. Then we see in verses 12 through 15, he praises the Lord for his protection of the pilgrim fathers. Read with me verse 12. When they were but a few men in number, yea, very few, and strangers in it, <coughs> when they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. There were times where Abraham... During a famine, he went down to Egypt. And uh, there was times where, you remember, they had a desire. They looked on Abraham's wife, Sarah. And uh, Abraham told Sarah, don't tell anybody you're my wife. Tell them you're my sister. And you remember, they, they, they liked her. She was beautiful. And uh, they wanted to take her unto themselves. And uh, uh, God protected Abraham. And he protected them in that particular moment. When they were small in number, they weren't much, they weren't mighty, they weren't powerful nation. God watched over them as they were pilgrims traveling through. The Lord sought and met every need. And so God called Abraham and Isaac and Jacob to a life of faith. And although they were very small in number, he always protected them just as he still does the nation of Israel today. And I'm thankful. We have reason to be thankful for this. We, we, our names may not be known to the rest of the world. And we may not have a whole lot to offer. And we may think even in this church that not everybody knows me or knows what I'm going through and I feel all alone. I'm going to tell you something. God knows where you are. Amen? And we ought to have a reason to be thankful for that. We don't have to have big names. We don't have to be known by everyone. I'm telling you, even in that, there is loneliness. But we see God's blessing and his hand upon us each and every day. Then thirdly, the psalmist recalls God's providence concerning Joseph and Egypt. 
And this is where we stopped off Wednesday night. He says in verse 16, Moreover, he called for a famine upon the land. He broke the, he broke the whole staff of bread. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron. Now, if you weren't in here Wednesday night, let me make this point. Let me stop and pause at this point for a moment. I mentioned to, the, to our church on Wednesday night that none of us would ask God for a famine. It's pretty fitting with Candace's song tonight, all right? Make me blind. I mean, nobody, nobody's going to go home tonight and say, Lord, if I don't wake up tomorrow, every, that'll all be good. Nobody's going to say that, all right? We're not going to pray for that. Nobody's going to pray for, uh, for the finances to not be there, to not uh, know how we're going to put food on the table or how we're going to pay our bills at the end of each month. Nobody's going to pray and ask God for that. But it's important that we see that even in the people of Israel, the children of Israel, God knew exactly what they were going through. And the reason that encourages me, because God always knows exactly what I'm going through and what you're going through. Amen? And so in verse 17, he had already set things in place. Before everyone else knew, the Bible says he sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters, and he was laid in iron. I'll tell you something, that... In our weakness, in our loneliness, Tyler, when you think that you don't know what tomorrow holds or you think that God's not going to use you or you think that everything is not going according to your plan and you're frustrated, I'm going to tell you something. God knows where you are and God has the ability to bring you through that. Amen? For the people of Israel, what they didn't recognize, Gil, is God already had a man to help them to get them through that famine and that difficult trial. And so, Cecil, whatever, whatever burdens you are carrying, it's not that you're carrying them all by yourself. God knows. And God knows what he's going to do with it. And we got to trust him with that. Amen? He sent a man before them. Now, that man, he was just a kid at the time, and he got sold as a servant. He eventually got imprisoned. They hurt his feet with felders. They laid him in iron until the time, verse 19, that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. So God knew what he was going to do. He knows who you and I are going to be five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. But maybe we're not ready for what God is really calling us to in our life. But if we'll be patient and we'll be faithful, amen, We'll be faithful to what God has put in our life now. God will eventually get us to where we need to be. Amen. A lot of times, a lot of times people lose faith and they choose not to be faithful during the difficult times. Nathan, always stay faithful, good and bad. Stay faithful to the Lord. He says in verse 20, the king sent and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his substance to bind his princes at his pleasure and to teach his senators wisdom. What Joseph teaches us is that just because we sometimes face difficult trials 
does not mean that God has forgotten us or that His ways are not perfect. Scroggy again says, Testing is the deepest meaning of affliction, and God expects us to trust Him when His precious promises seem contradicted by present facts. Then we see in verse 23, the oppression of the Israelites is mentioned. He covers 430 years in three verses. The Bible says, Israel also came into Egypt, and Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham. And he increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. He turned their heart to hate his people, to deal subtly with his servants. He sent Moses his servant and Aaron whom he had chosen. Because God always has a plan. Even in the quiet years when we don't know what he is doing, God is busy at work. Then we see verse 26 through 38, he he speaks of the exodus of Israel. Read with me verse 26. He sent Moses his servant and Aaron whom he had chosen. They showed his signs among them and wonders in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made it dark, and they rebelled not against his word. He turned their waters into blood and slew their fish. Their land brought forth frogs in abundance in the chambers of their kings. He spake, and there came divers sort of flies and lice in all their coasts. He gave them hell for rain and flaming fire in their land. He smote their vines also and their fig trees and brake the trees of their coasts. He spake and the locusts came and caterpillars and that without number. And he did eat up all the herbs in their land and devoured the fruit of their ground. He smote also of the firstborn in their land, the chief of all their strength. He brought them forth also with silver and gold and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Egypt was glad when they departed, for fear of them fell upon them. I want you to underline verse number 38. Egypt was glad when they departed. Listen, I want us to be so faithful to God. I want this to be my testimony in my own life, that I'm so faithful to God, and that I'll allow God to do such a work in my life that this world and the devil is glad when I'm finally out of here. Amen? Egypt was glad when they finally departed. They have had enough of Israel. They have had enough of their God. You know, they even go to the point that, uh, that they, I'm surprised here, of all the things that the psalmist speaks of, he doesn't mention the Red Sea. But you remember... The Egyptians finally decided one more time, we're going to go after them and get them. And the people of Israel trying to figure out what they need to do. And God said, Brandon, God said, go forward. Go forward. Keep going forward. Stop looking back. Stop looking at your circumstances. Stop being afraid. Go forward. And when Moses lifted up that rod, God parted those waters, didn't he? And they went forward and they crossed on dry ground. And everybody said, only God. Right? Only God. And then when they got across dry ground, he let those waters stay parted long enough for that Egyptian army to come across. And then those waters 
came back through. That's something. You know, I was thinking about that message this morning with the, uh, the two and a half tribes. To me, they're a picture of a worldly believer. Rather than experiencing the full blessing of God, they decided they wanted to er the earthly blessing of the other side in the east. Are you with me? Now, think about this. Think about this. God parted the river so that they went to the promised land on dry ground. Amen? But they had to get wet to go back. You think about that. You think about what God does to get us to His place where He chooses to bless us and he, where His will is for our life and the things that we put ourselves to get out of the will of God. You think about that. Now, Egypt was glad when they left. Let me close. The he, he mentions in verse 39, he continues to praise the Lord for his guidance and provision in the wilderness. He spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light in the night. The people asked and he brought quails and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock and the waters gushed out. They ran in the dry places like a river. He's praising the Lord because God is always able to supply our need. And lastly, he praises the Lord for the settlement in Canaan, verse 42. For he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant, and he brought forth his people with joy and his chosen with gladness, and he gave them the lands of the heathen, and they inherited the labor of the people that they might observe his statutes and keep his laws. Praise ye the Lord. So, I, uh, I did this on Wednesday night. I gave everybody a sheet of paper. And I gave everybody about five minutes. And I said, if you were writing a psalm, what would you write? What would you give thanks unto God for? And we took the time and everybody wrote a list of things. And I didn't ask anybody to share anything. But in the remainder of the time that we have tonight, uh, Zach's over here with a microphone. Jacob Winton's on this side with a microphone. May we be a people who seeks to praise God. And so will anybody, anybody, anybody share a word of a testimony tonight. Share his wondrous works. John, right in front of you, Zach. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Um, Loud and clear. Becky and I feel like uh, we were blessed by turning our life and our will over to God to find out where we should locate to. Um, for 15 years prior, we had been talking about other towns, cities, states, uh, to no avail. And then we came to Somerville, found a home, and the wheels were put in motion. God had a place for us to come. God has a place for us to thrive here. Um, only we trusted in him. If we'd have left up, been left up to our own decisions about where to move and go, I think we would have been very unhappy. But God has us here. We're thriving. We're grateful for the ministries at Somerville Baptist Church. Uh, I'm grateful for Hope House, for the jail ministry. But 
if we hadn't listened to God, we'd have been some other place. And when we came here, we knew that it was of God. Uh, wait a minute. Share with, the, share with everyone how you came here. Well, <laughs> we prayed uh, for, for a right place. And, and what happened, you mean the circumstances, Becky found a home online that was for sale and uh, it came, on, came online on a Wednesday night. We came down here Thursday morning from Atlanta to look at it and met the real estate lady, met, went to the house, walked in the house in the front door and it was like a no-brainer. Um, the Lord had this, we just had this uh, feeling about us. We know that we were sent here because this is where the Lord wanted us to be. But we were doing diligence to, to, <laughs> to fill in the blanks. And the blanks were filled in, and uh, the house, we put an offer in on uh, Friday. It was accepted on Saturday. They closed the offers on Sunday, and Monday we were told we have a house. And so with this with the speed and the motion that things happened, it was only by God's hand and God's will in the whole matter. And we are just grateful. Amen. What I wanted you to share is how you heard about Somerville Baptist. So I'll help you out here. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, well, so you were eating at Longhorn. Yeah, we were yeah. eating at Longhorn, and we were telling the waitress that we had just moved here, and David and Beth Lewis were sitting in the booth adjoining us, behind us, and David heard, heard that we were new here, and the waitress departed, and he turned around and said, well, if you want to come to a good church, come to Somerville Baptist. <laughs> And we said, yes, sir, we'll be there. But, but so even from, even from that circumstance being, being put in our path, so we, we came and we visited, and we visited other churches. But we felt the warmth and the uh, genuineness of people's hospitality here. We felt the spirit moving here, and we were hungry and ready. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you. Thank God for you. Yes, ma'am. Thirteen years ago, yesterday, we joined Somerville Baptist. We actually joined on a Wednesday night. We didn't know we were supposed to wait till Sunday, <laughs> but they let us anyway. Um, the past week, I've reflected a lot um, when it comes up in my calendar, all the things that um, we've seen the Lord do in our life. We were only married for nine months when we joined and last Sunday night was beautiful. Um, I had to drag Dylan to church when he was little to choir practice. Um, I've got pictures of him standing up there singing, and <laughs> he was not smiling the way he was last <laughs> Sunday night. So um, I say all that to say the Lord has been very good to our family. This place has given us um, friendships that I know we wouldn't have found anywhere else. Um, a slew of pastors that have loved on our kids. And, um, I mean, I'm a divorced um, mom, and Jeremy took on a lot. And 
when we walked in the door, nobody looked at us like that. And um, we have just seen you love on our family. Um, you talked about this morning's message, the community. I was just bawling like a baby, um, thinking of how this place has just seen us through death and trials. And um, I never want to get over how good God's been to me. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I have to praise the Lord, and I shared a little bit about um, this on social media, but um, there's a little backstory. Um, the Lord has me in a season right now that I, it is not comfortable for me at all. Even though he has made it abundantly clear what he ha is leading me to do, um, in general, but um, I am I'm changing um, careers, and there's a couple of reasons for that that the Lord has allowed to to um, pry my hands off of what I've loved doing here at the Learning Center for so long. But um, I'm in a season of waiting and trusting, and um, I don't like it, <laughs> but. I was uh, leaving the house the other day, and I was um, talking to the Lord about it, and I'm like, Lord, you, the, I don't remember a time where you made, it, made me wait so long. Like, this is really stretching me. And the Holy Spirit's just like, yeah, you had to wait for years for the liver. Remember that when the liver transplant happened? And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that now. Um, which, never forget what he did there. I just forgot about how painful the waiting was, you know. But um, um, he has over and over said, you know, I, right now I want you to be at rest. There's some very specific things he has me working on, and he wants me to trust his timing, and he said that over and over um, to me, just in, in through my Bible reading, through preaching, different things. So when I'm leaving and I'm talking to him about this, and I'm like, you've never made me wait this long, and, and bless my heart, and I'm kind of feeling sorry for myself. And I said, but then you gave us a word. Like, it was very specific, he said to us during that time of waiting on the liver. Um, you're not waiting on the doctors. You're not waiting on a donor. You are waiting on me, and I'm never late. That was just what we repeated to ourselves over and over to get through that. And I need a word. I need a sign of some kind. And I pulled up to the stop sign, and right there on the corner um, is a church sign that said, I heard your prayers. Be at rest. Trust my timing. God. And I was like, okay, I... I am so thankful, and I have to praise him for being so personal and so such a good father and knowing that I do desire to be found faithful and trusting him during this time, but that I'm human, and he sends those things, and he's just so real. I just, I'm just so thankful for that, and I have to praise him for that tonight. Amen. Amen. Who else tonight? Jesse up here. For, oh, go ahead, Stacy. Um, I just want to say um, this, this last week, oh, it popped up on my Facebook as my memory thing, that it's been a year that me and David both got baptized. Yeah. Do you know that has been such the most amazing year that we've had in our life? Um, to know that we both work in this journey together now, 
and I'm not having to struggle to, you know, even before I was struggling trying to do it myself, and I wasn't even really doing it myself. I was just playing at it. But now he's, he's just opened so many doors, and to hear David praying, that's just, that to me is just one of the most miracle things I've seen in a long, long time. And I just thank him for the, the wonderful things that he's done for us in the last few years with Carly's College and just Kayla, even a job that she loves now that she, she really enjoys going to. He's been so faithful to everything for this last year, and I just praise him for that. Amen. Amen. I just want to say thanks to the Hope Program. I mean, it's been like 26 years. I've drank all my life nearly, and I'm seven months clean now. So that's within the 26 years. Amen. And I want to give thanks for God. I want to praise God. It's, just, it's good God. It's a good teacher. And a, it's a very good director we have working for us. So Amen. I just want to praise God. Thank Amen. you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Who else tonight? Hannah, right here, Zach. This side over here, you gotta, you got to get your praise on a little bit. So uh, my older sister found out that she was pregnant in November of last year. Um, the end of December rolled around. She had a couple of complications, and then she ended up having a miscarriage. All that she has ever wanted is to have a baby. Well, now she is eight months pregnant. And we just had our baby shower today. But with all of that, I wanted to kind of direct it towards Brad and Beth. They have done a phenomenal job taking on the Thrive Life group. I mean, coming into a church to where, I, didn't, I mean, I didn't grow up going to church. It has been completely eye-opening to the kind of community that you can have whenever you walk into a room of strangers. You, you, there are no strangers. You walk into that room, and I walked in today, and there were like six faces, and I had no idea. But it was no different than walking in, and, it, and I'm sitting beside Brant and Taya, sitting beside somebody who I don't know, and it's no different. I mean, it, they truly have created somewhere where everybody is so deeply cared about. And whenever I had asked for prayer requests, my sister I didn't even think twice about messaging back for an update of what was going on um, the night that she was having some problems a couple weeks ago and I walked in on Sunday and Brad was like hey how's she doing and it was like oh wow he remembered like you know this is you know this is real this is a real relationship this is this is a family it's not just okay this is a group that you come to on a Sunday and you learn about Jesus. You know, this is, this is doing life with other Christians. And it is the best thing that has ever happened to me. Amen. It's coming to Summer Bowl. So. Amen. That's what life groups are all about. <laughs> Who over here?
Hayden's back there flicking his hair. I thought he's raising his hand. I was just about called you out, man. <laughs> All right, give us one more. Give us one more tonight. Somebody. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I just want to thank everyone for this past summer. It's probably been one of the most hardest summers for me personally with um, the whole decision of going to Pensacola and then leaving for college, which we're doing this week. And I just want to thank everyone. And I especially want to thank Brad and Beth, like Hannah just said. Like, they've made that life group that we're coming into, all of us new seniors and now freshmen, we've all come in, and they've all made us feel very welcomed. And I would say last night they had a little, little get-together we had together, and I would have to say that was one of the most mo best moments I've had this summer to where we've all come together as a group, and it didn't feel like I'm in here with a bunch of weird people and we all just feel awkward. It was something that if you haven't talked to someone, and like you haven't seen them, we all came together and we were all like a family. And Brad and Beth have done such a great job, like Hannah has said. And I also, I also personally would like to thank my parents and my family and then Pastor Ricky, because over this last summer, y'all have like, y'all have given us so many options to serve God and so many things to do with our church and with our lives. And I just want to thank y'all because y'all are pushing us to follow what God has told us to do. Y'all have given us the word of God constantly to help us follow his word. There's never been a doubt that y'all have, y'all, oh my goodness, can't speak. Getting nervous here, my bad. But it's, y'all know what y'all are doing. There's no doubt that God's hand is on y'all because y'all are pushing us to serve a God, a living God, someone that we don't deserve. And but y'all tell us every Sunday we don't deserve this, but God is so willing and so loving that He's there for us. And y'all tell us that every day. And so I just want to thank you, Pastor Ricky, for telling me because I need that. I need that reassurance that God is a living God, that He loves me, and that even though I do mess up, He still loves me. So thank Amen. you. Amen. Amen. Appreciate that. And I thank Brad. You were going to quit church. Just to think about that, right? Just think about that. Let's have rushes come forward this time, and uh, let's bow our heads tonight, and we'll ask the blessing upon the offering uh, this evening. Y'all just go ahead and come. You playing the offertory? Okay. Father, I pray tonight as we give, Lord, that we give cheerfully and we give honorably and we give, Lord, to a great God. And, and uh, Father, that, uh, uh, Lord, I'm thankful for a church who 